To see today's photo, go to mtforchrist.org or follow me, M.T. Clark, at Facebook or Twitter. Good morning. Today's photo of winter denuded trees in a frozen lake comes to us from yours truly as I decided to send the playground and uh, playground structure uh, and capture this scene at Thompson's Lake State, State Campground while I made lunch yesterday in East Burn, New York. I was in the area and had never been to the park, so I decided to come and see what it had to offer. Uh, the campground was quaint, empty, and quiet, and even though it was uh, was the off-season, caused me to imagine brighter days ahead, and it caused me to appreciate the freedom we have to travel and the freedom God has given me in Christ, which gives me the capacity to appreciate my life and find peace just about anywhere. But there is a secret. To find the fruit of the Spirit, you have to walk in the Spirit. And to know the peace of God, you have to draw your attention away from the things that would see, would cause you to forget who you are in Christ. And you have to actively choose to abide in Christ. And Jesus told us uh, how to reap much fruit. And, and he said in John 15, 3, and 5, 3 through 5, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Peace is one of the fruits of the Spirit. And if we don't have it, we aren't abiding in Christ. So don't forget to abide, abide with Christ by giving thanks, remembering who you are in Christ, and walking and talking with God every day. Hey, I get it. Our world, our jobs, our family, our relationships, and our problems can demand our attention and cause us distress. But when we ground ourselves each morning in our faith through a daily spiritual practice, we we set the foundation to approach each day with strength, wisdom, and joy. So let's draw close to God. It's the season of Lent, and it's the most wonderful time of the year to repent and believe the gospel. It's the 13th day of Lent, and so we continue my personal walkthrough of Gracia Grendel's 40-day journey with Martin Luther to observe and celebrate the Lenten season. In this walk through Grindel's devotional, it's our hope that we'll get to know Martin Luther a little better as we seek to draw closer to the Lord on our journey to Resurrection Sunday, or Easter. And so we continue on journey day number 13. And uh, Martin Luther writes, You are not to bear false witness against your neighbor. What is this? Answer, we are to fear and love God so that we do not tell lies about our neighbors, betray or slander them, or destroy their reputations. Instead, we are to come to their defense, speak well of them, and inter interpret everything we do in the best possible light. God wants to hold in check whatever is done with the tongue against a neighbor. This applies to false preachers with their blasphemous teaching, false judges and witnesses with their rulings in court and their lying and malicious talk outside of court. It applies especially to the detestable, shameless vice of backbiting or slander by which the devil rides us. Of this much could be said. It is a common pernicious plague 
and everyone would rather hear evil than good about their neighbors. Even though we ourselves are evil, we cannot tolerate it when anyone speaks evil of us. Instead, we want to hear the whole world say golden things of us. Yet, we cannot bear it when someone says the best things about others. That was from Martin Luther. Today's biblical wisdom that's paired with that is James 3, 7 through 10. And the word of God says, For every species of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by the human species, but no one can tame the tongue, a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless the Lord and, and Father, and with it, with it we curse those who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this ought not to be so. And uh, our devotion uh, recommends a time for silence or meditation where you can take a few minutes to um, focus on your breath and uh, in a calm stillness in the present moment that's always available to us in God's creation and use it to meditate on Martin Luther's comments for today and the content of the biblical wisdom in James 3, 7 through 10. And after you're done meditating, uh, we can address the questions to ponder. So the first one is, why is the damage, why is the damage the tongue can do so destructive to human society? Well, words can hurt and cause division, and they, and they can cause division among us. Uh, they can be used to spread lies, draw us into temptation, fuel hatred, and incite violence. Evil words usually lead to evil actions and destructive consequences. Thus, the tongue can do a lot of damage to our human society. Next question is, what is there about that? that what, what, is there, what is there about us that delights in gossip, yet at the same time we can't bear to be gossiped about? Gossip is secret knowledge, and the more shocking or shameful the news of someone else's failures or shortcomings, the more we can take secret delight over their pain. The gossip feels superior to the one being gossiped about because we know your secret, and I would never do that, or at least never get there and not get caught. That feeling of being superior, being able to judge our neighbor as less than, is known by the gossip. So when the tables are turned and we discover that others are talking about us, we get angry because we know we are being judged as less than by them. Next question asks, what resources might faith and the community of faith bring to bear in the struggle against the tongue and its capacity for evil? Uh, the faith community should use the resource of the Word of God to bear in the struggle against the tongue and its capacity for evil. Scripture is full of directives um, regarding the way we speak that directs us to always speak the truth in love and to not speak ill of others. If we are living according to God's Word, we would be aware of the tongue's capacity for evil and be taking steps to crucify that unruly piece of the flesh to the obedience of Christ. Now we move along to the psalm fragment today, which is Psalm 52, 1 through 4. And the word of God says, Your tongue is like a sharp razor, you worker of treachery. You love evil more than good, and lying more than speaking the truth. You love all words that devour, O deceitful tongue. 
our journal reflections ask us to reflect on a time when you felt betrayed by the false, careless, or malicious speech of another. How did you feel? What did you do? What role did faith play in your response? Well, since coming to faith in Christ, I recall several instances where I, I was denigrated or insulted because of my faith. Those comments always hurt, uh, but I've, I have learned to respond to them through the grid of my faith, which causes me to reaffirm my self-worth according to who I am in Christ, and it causes me to realize that these people who speak ill of me know not what they do, which causes me to forgive them and to pray for them to know the Lord. It's not always easy to do this, but the Lord helps me to see the truth behind the attacks I receive. And the next prompting asks, uh, do you have difficulties taming your tongue? Reflect on times you may have hurt someone by false, careless, or malicious words. How did it make you feel? Um, what might you do to repair the harm done? I do have difficulty taming the tongue. My problem is foul language when I get frustrated or angry. I also have been careless with my dealings with others who uh, need help. Um, you know, yeah. By being by being confrontational or encouraging beyond the capacity for them to receive. Um, yeah, I can give too much teaching or try to be bring too much conviction at times, or suggest that someone can do more than they can they are currently able to do, and that has caused some people I have dealt with to get upset. Um, when this happened in the past, I felt terrible and would seek their forgiveness. My good intentions went astray as I pushed others too far without realizing it. I've tried to repair the harm done by easing back and continuing to try to help. In most cases, I was able to maintain relationships with the people involved, and we ended up both growing in the process. And finally, they ask us to write down some specific steps you will take to tame your tongue. And, um, yeah, number one is awareness. Um, we need to record the severity and frequency of our verbal transgressions. We need to know how bad and how often our tongues get out of line. Number two, accountability. We need to ask help from, uh, uh, from the uh, others in our lives to help us remember our goal to tame the tongue and encourage us to change the way we speak when we mess up. My, my speech accountability partner is my wife. Um, because I speak freely to her, and so she, any transgressions of the tongue, she's gonna, she's gonna hear them. So uh, I'm gonna work. I'm a work in progress with my uh, potty mouth, basically, as I occasionally say bad words when I get frustrated. Um, as for slander and stuff, I don't really try to, you know, slander anybody or gossip about anybody. Um, Slander or gossip is a hard line to judge sometimes because, you know, what what it's a fine line with gossip because we we hear of the negative reports of people's lives and we're concerned and want to pray for them, but you know, are we dwelling on it or taking secret delight in their problems? That's that's the key. Who knows? 
Um, so let's not do that. Uh, the third thing is stronghold busting. You know, really, to take any problem that we have with the Lord, we need to meditate on Scripture that addresses that the areas of where our tongue goes astray and pray to the Lord each day to help us to repent of our verbal transgressions. And the last thing, uh, celebrate number four, uh, celebrate progress. We need to track our progress and celebrate our growth. We have to acknowledge when we have victory and maintain our freedom. Um, that's part of the cycle, you know. Otherwise, you'll be just like, oh, you know, I gotta work on this. Like, like, well, wait. If you you're making progress, remember to celebrate and congratulate yourself for your success. Anyway, that moves us to the end of to the 40-day journey with Martin Luther and the prayers for today. Uh, first, the prayers for the life of faith uh, prompts us to pray for those in your own life whose untamed tongue has hurt others that they may learn to be silent when speaking is hurtful or does no good. Lord, we pray for the many people in our lives whose untamed tongues have hurt others, um, that you would cause them to see the error of their ways, and that you would bring them into a deeper relationship with, with you that would encourage them to put away lying, foul speech, gossip, or slander, and cause them to learn the truth, to speak the truth in love, or to remain silent. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And the prayer for today is, Dear Lord, keep me quiet and careful in my speech so that I only speak well of my neighbors and friends and work to uphold their reputations. Amen. That moves us along today. Today's Bible verse uh, is from the Quick Scripture Reference for Counseling by Jean, uh, John G. Cruis. This morning's meditation verse comes from the section on conscience, and today's Verses Hebrews 10:22 from the NIV, the Word of God says, "Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, and with the full assurance that faith brings, um, that the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, and having our bodies washed with pure water." Today's verse falls under the seventh and last point of our Counseling Reference Guide's resource section on conscience, and that seventh point is. A guilty conscience can be cleansed. Today's verse assures us that the way to be cleansed of a guilty conscience is to draw near to God with a sincere heart, a heart that sincerely trusts in Jesus. Forgiveness of sins only comes through Jesus and is the only way that we can have our guilt taken away. So, when we sin and feel guilty, we need to confess it and abide in Christ, live with and for God in the harmony that comes from obedience. Uh, to enjoy the benefits of a conscience that has been cleansed and remains clean. As always, we invite all to go to mtforchrist.org, uh, where we always share insights from prominent Christian theologians and counselors to assist our brothers and sisters in Christ with their walk. Today we continue sharing from According to Your Word, Morning and Evening, through the New Testament by Stephen F. Alford which is a collection of devotional journals from 1940 and 41. Um, each morning or evening, <laughs> Alford directs people to read a, a chapter of scripture, and today it's Luke 2. And from Luke 2, he shares a portion of Luke 2.44, which says they, supposing him to have been in the company. Um, and from that, he writes, Herein is seen the folly of supposition. Concerning things that are spiritual, such supposition is fatal. 
From a parental point of view, it was folly on the part of Joseph and Mary to merely suppose that the Lord Jesus was in the company. No wonder it meant their sorrowing for him later. But from a spiritual point of view, it was even worse to merely suppose that Christ is in the company is spiritual defeat and sorrow. Three days his parents lost him. Three days the disciples lost him. The third day he arose. And finally, um, Stephen Walford prays, Oh, then, not to suppose, but to know him and the power of his resurrection. Uh, resurrection. Amen. Yeah, so we shouldn't suppose we're, you know, in the company of Jesus. And that really speaks to nominal faith. You know, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I, I grew up in the church. Um, I went there once a week. And... Christmas, Easter. I'm I'm a Christian, right? Well, I was baptized, right, Mom? Um, yeah, I'm a Christian. Uh, I'd say that's supposing if you're in the company of Jesus. Um, our faith is, you know, more and more I get uh, convicted that our faith is to be a committed thing. If you read the, the Bible, um, which a committed Christian would do, um, to draw close to God's word, to abide in Christ, to be with him. You know, we don't suppose that we're in his company. We we know we're in his company by uh, reading God's word and, and trying to, you know, repent of our life. To turn, repentance is turning away from and towards something else. So we're turning away from the world and turning towards God. And uh, that shouldn't be something we would suppose. That's something we would know. Are we, are we, encouraging people to follow Jesus? Are we being a witness for Christ? Um, you know, cultural Christianity is uh, really a blight on, uh, on authentic faith. You know, that's how hypocrisy happens. People just suppose that they're Christians and don't live according to it. So that's what we do here. Uh, we try to encourage an authentic uh, walk with the Lord. Um, where we draw close to him every day. And one, you know, with gratitude, prayer, Bible study, you know, reflecting on our lives and, and how we try to follow the Lord uh, with the way we live. And uh, along the way, when we walk in the Spirit, we discover the fruit of the Spirit. And we don't have to suppose anymore. We know we're a Christian because we're living, we're living like it. And uh, we're trying to help help others to find Jesus and encourage people to in, in the, the supposed company of Christ to really experience uh, the joys of living with him. Uh, you can't, you know, you can't uh, suppose he's there and not know he's there. Uh, abiding in Christ means, you know, feeling his, his love and his peace every day. Um, it's a good life in Christ. And so we pray for that. Um, today. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the life you've given us in Christ. Uh, Lord, we need you, and we want to abide with you. And so we, we ask for you to be to go with us today, um, to open our eyes to the things you want us to see and lead us in the way we should go. And Lord, we pray for you to um, bless anyone who's listening or reading today's message, that you would come alongside them in their prayer request, and that they would, they would abide with you too. Um, Lord, we thank you, we praise you, and we love you. And we pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.